Oh, Dan. Yes, David. I think we're back. We are back for another installment of For the Craft. For the Craft. And uh, as, as we've just implied, I am Dave. And I am Dan. And Dan, I've got something for you today. I've got a blind tasting. I another want blind yeah. tasting for me. Been, you've done so many for me in the past. I, I, I asked our assistant, and uh, they said that uh, there's been actually no record caps of that. So I guess we'll But I, I remember the ones that you've done. You actually, I remember the first one you did for me was the Husk Coffee Kolsch. Oh, yeah. I and had you and Yoder on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And Yoder was, hi, Yoder. He was so lost. It, it was sweet. He's sweet. But that's like his favorite beer. Bless my soul. I love that boy. It's like now his one of his favorites. That's very good. So here's what I'm going to try something a little bit different with this blind tasting. Uh-oh. Before I open it, I want you to tell me what it is. Pick a state first. Start here. Pick a state. Michigan. Okay. Um, pick a a style of beer. Ale. Okay. Great. You're doing you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, now pick the the nuances, the details. What what do you think is in this beer? I think there's probably malts and hops. Mm. Um, Spicy take. I'm gonna guess a little bit of yeast. Okay. But like just the right amount. And probably some. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it, Dave. Uh-huh. And I know a lot. Of, we're gonna get a lot of um, feedback on this, but I'm gonna say some RO water. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm probably gonna leave it at that, though. That's fine. Are we ready for the clean opening of this mystery? Let's get beer? a clean drop on that open, Dave, real quick, like. Okay, Dave, you're gonna get it without. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are goofy and awkward and too big. Come on. So that was fresh. Bad, so bad at this. You could just put it on the other side of the microphone. It doesn't it was, have to be in front. It's a multi-directional. So I was right about the um, hops and the yeast and the grain. Looks like there might be a little bit of wheat in this one. Or this is probably just a hazy boy. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, it's definitely an IPA and it's hazy. And it smells and tastes like, I don't know, the New England IPA. It obviously looks like that. For all of you listeners out there who can see it with me, obviously it looks like this that. is a this is an audio form of media. Yep, that's a hazy IPA, Dave. It sure is. Tastes like they added some like almond powder in it to make it cloudy mm-hmm. instead of just not filtering a normal beer. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, huh? Nope, it's not. It's just a. Oh man, are my <laughs> I feel like really transparent about my feelings about the style of beer. Let me tell you why this is not the best of these beers. Hold on, let me smell some more. You should, yeah, take your time with it. It's uh, so far he's got it right since he's looked at the beer. So he's is so the Michigan thing was wrong. That's not good. That was not a good take. That was a that's bad because take. the last thing you popped up was Michigan. I think that's why I dove into it. Oh well, that's fair. Uh, is it Arizona? It is not Arizona. So is it California? It is not California. Is it? Uh, Massachusetts? Not Massachusetts. Hmm. Is it Oregon? Not Oregon. Is it? Nope. It's not that either. Another state. Texas. No. 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 Um. Where are other states that make beer? You're right. It's Colorado. Very good. Uh, did I not say Colorado you already? Say Colorado okay. already. All right. So you get a little bit of like pineapple and pine on the nose. Right. It's really muted. It is. Due to the like, you get a lot of sweet grain. On the nose, and you smell the cloudiness. Mm-hmm. I would agree with all of those notes. A little bit of orange juice on the nose, but it's like, yeah, really, it's stunted. So. I'm gonna guess it's seven point two. Okay, is it a high? 
Uh, I'm going to have to check the okay. official document here. We'll just have our assistant write that down, 7.2. Yeah, so 8.5. Oh, I was close. It's high, though. It's high. I, knew, it's, I guessed high. We're in the dublaise. Yeah. So, yeah, this has a so harshness this is a double to hazy. it. Yeah, it's a double, a double hazy. hazy. It's um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I My first guess would be it's from Odd 13. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good guess. That's a very, very good guess. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it is from Odd 13. Boom. And it does not have anything to do with me being able to see a little bit of the label. Well, Here's my take on the Odd 13. Yep. Great beers, experimental beers. Yep. Not as consistent yet. I think they're still young. At least my experience a year or so ago in Colorado when I was uh, doing some research for a brewery that... I'm sorry, not a brewery. For a restaurant that I was designing a menu for. Right. Um, their prices are really high. Very high. Um, and I don't exactly understand why. I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. Um, we are drinking the Sip the Magic. Yep, Sip the Magic Dragon, and they call it a Vermont-inspired Deepa Double Imperial Pale Ale. Uh, 8.5 ABV. It's loaded with uh, seven pounds of hops per every barrel, including Amarillo, Calypso, Centennial, Chinook, Citra, Columbus, and, of course, Simcoe. It's definitely a delicious beer. It's good. But I, I'm, like, done with this. It's I'm, like, not a... You, it's chalky at the back, man. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I drink one of these. I would take a pour at a beer bar. Mm-hmm. I, that's cool. I'd be like, nah, this is interesting, but I don't want to buy multiples of these. I've had a lot of good beers from Out 13. Like, I'll say Oh, yeah. I'll say will fight you. All right, Dave, <laughs> let's jump into national news let's because there's it. a lot going on on the large scale of the, uh, a lot of the large breweries that we love. So we're going to talk a little bit about Ballast Point and Stone Brewing today, two breweries that... Um, we kind of have a love-hate with. And right now, in the line of loving and hating, there's more of a bit of like a, huh? I would say is where we are. Yeah, I don't I don't really have strong feelings about Ballast Point or really I, the company that owns them, Constellation Brands. I, I do have some feelings about Ballast Point, and I'll share them right now. Okay. Um, they are one of the first brands that I fell in love with um, okay. yeah. when I was young. And I, when my wife and I went to San Diego on our five-year anniversary many moons ago. Um, we went to the Little Italy location, and we watched a World Cup game there, and it was just like an incredible experience. I've just, I from many moons ago, I love their beers. I mean, they've been at it since the 90s. They're one of the yes. old powerhouses of San Diego beer, and I think that a lot of people forget about the hard work that a lot of our 90s breweries have done. Uh, in quotations, I'll put four peaks. Yeah. When beer drinkers forget about the people that paved the way for young breweries, like... Um, I don't know, like Ren House and Wilderness, people who th- that we yeah. love yeah. like to our core for what they produce. Um, there's a lot of these old school homies that have done a lot of work and have incredible programs before they were purchased by large conglomerates. Right. So Ballast Point does have a special place in my heart. So Dave, what do you got? What's your fresh take, Dave? Oh, gosh. We're DJing the Wack Zoo in the mornings on 92 Easy FM. Easy Keys, I'll be our apologies, everyone. Uh, wow, everyone just stopped they listening just to our show. Wow. Turned it off. Cancel all downloads. Thanks, guys. Uh, so, yeah, Bow's Point just actually uh, Constellation Brands, which is the majority stakeholder in uh, Bow's Point, has announced that they are uh, closing two of their brewing facilities in Southern California, and they're backing out of their big plan to open a brew pub in San Francisco. Not only are they backing out of it, the Golden State Warriors were about to build a new stadium right next to that location, which is just like, here's a shitload of money. Yeah. 
And they said, no, thanks. I mean, they're still building the arena there. It's oh, still, I know. I'm just saying okay, for Ballast yeah, yeah. Point. Oh, like, yeah. To have had an opportunity to build a tap room right next to the new arena. It's like, uh, just going to be so much money. I, and that is a, that is, yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, uh, so it, it, it comes after uh, Constellation recorded a $108 million impairment charge to Ballast Point's trademarks. Uh, essentially admitting it overpaid when it bought the business for $1 billion in 2015. Look, what Dan said about his love and care for Bowles Point is fair and true. But even in 2015, we all were shocked that they sold for $1 billion. Yeah, and let me make some things clear because I had to do some research on this when Dave and I are talking about the article that we're reading from on Brewbound. The $108 million impairment charges, that's a difference that when a person acquires assets mm-hmm. and when that asset depreciates and doesn't make money back that's expected, that's the difference of cost on that. So like Ballast Point is not making Constellation prices money. Mm-hmm. So that's really what that uh, impairment charge means. And this isn't the first year that they've recorded impairment charges. Really since acquisition... Constellation Prizes has struggled. Constellation, why do I keep calling them prizes? Because <laughs> you're thinking of Constellation know, Prizes. <laughs> and and them buying Bow's Point may be the greatest yeah. Constellation Constellation prize. brands, there we go, yes. have been recording uh, impairment charges from the beginning of the acquisition of Ballast Point. I mean, they took a dive to acquire a large Southern California craft brand, which we've seen ABI do uh, Coors Miller, like the that's it's the strategy that you have to do to stay afloat right now. But we're seeing a really interesting trend where these large conglomerates are actually not making money off of these buys, as they maybe assume that they did. I mean, I haven't done enough research to determine whether or not Breckenridge is actually making ABI a lot of right, money, or what Elysium is doing, about, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But who gave a shit about Breckenridge before they were purchased? Right. It's it's part of me, and this is speculative, so this is definitely not not. Yeah, true to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Everything that we say is this speculative. Is, this is speculation without a we with us trying to be not assholes and trying to not be critics, but to be critical in our thinking about this. Uh, and there's a difference, kids. Uh, just look online. Uh, but www.online.com. But like, on. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, part of this could be fine for them to lose because they want to push Modelo, because AB and Bev wants to push Bud. Uh, Miller Coors wants to push their brands. They may be willing to buy and take losses on these purchases that they made three, four years ago as their market share, you know, they're fighting for market space. They're fighting for shelf space. Uh, This may be a known loss for them that they're doing on purpose anyways as a part of a long-term strategy to, to build diverse, their own diverse branding. Yeah, and I mean, when you acquire a recognizable brand like that, you're playing the long game. Like, obviously, Ballast Point has proved itself to be existent in a period of time where craft beer is expanding. So, But I, I think here's my speculation, Dave. Go for it. Here's my hot, hot, take, hot take. Hot take alert. Uh, these large beverage conglomerates mm-hmm. who make their money, like Constellation Prizes brand, Constellation, Constellation brand prizes, uh, they make their money on Modelo, like you. I think you just said it. Yeah. The number one growing brand in America, in America. is Modelo Especial. Yeah. The number one seller of all Seven Eleven chains in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ballast Point doesn't actually matter to them very much. No. So to us in the craft community, where we read it, we're like, oh my gosh, this is happening, and ha, suck it, big guys, you lost. We still want Ballast to win. These guys are real people. 
that worked very hard for. Oh, I do. Yeah. Sit. You feel how you want to feel. Oh no, absolutely. The, the 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 narrative's true. You're right. Yeah. We want them to do well. It it stinks when we have fears that a larger company will change their processes, systems, their ingredients, their freedom to create or perfect their own process. But we want we want them to win. And here's here's the thing that kind of what's Peter Griffin say? He says this grinds my gears in his own like Kohagian mm-hmm. accent. So these layoffs that we anticipate from Constellation. That this this announcement comes on the same day that Constellation Brands announced a four billion dollar investment in Canopy Growth Corporation. Dan, what does Canopy Growth Corporation do? This is a large cannabis conglomerate. I think based out of Canada, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Okay, you kind of put me on the spot, and I think no, I've done some you, of my homework on you it. Did, no, you did great. No, yeah. yeah. Well, they, no, this is this is really smart because we're going to see a lot of these large conglomerate businesses acquiring what consumers are soon legalizing. Yep. I mean, like, like cannabis is the next step. Don't I mean, you, being think, in go ahead uh, being Sorry. in the uh, distillery industry with spirits, there was a need for our distillery at one point to create a product for dis- for um, our distributor that was just for like cleaning or like using and it yeah. wasn't even for consuming. It right. was this high demand for a cannabis based spirit product. And it, like really the opportunities are insanely lucrative. So Absolutely. if that's if anyone's confused about why a beverage company would do that, the answer is cause dim dollars. I I I like to think uh I I knew someone who worked for a large software company that, that sells phones that have screens on them. And they told me once that their major competitor wasn't their their fellow phone screen making person, but it was a shoe brand. It was a luxury item. I would argue that. Oh, are you saying that Apple and Nike are competitors? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to whatever. I'm just trying to take your legs from underneath. I'm you. saying the biggest threat to craft beer in the next ten years is going to be cannabis. No, I definitely think that uh, that's a really hot take, Dave. I, One of the hottest takes I've heard of the day. I, I don't I, I don't think we're gonna have a both and with beer and 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 legalized marijuana. I think people are gonna choose a lane, and it's gonna be on uh, craft marijuana. If I assume that's a thing, and and I don't know if they're beer. gonna use the term craft marijuana. So we got to talk about some international news that fits domestic craft beer too are you are you cool with that yeah this is a uniquely international and localized phenomenon of uh let me let me yeah uh, say it like this of a entrepreneur's a risk taken an entrepreneurial risk taken and i think we all understood that it was an entrepreneurial risk but i think some of us missed some of the small things that happened while it was taking place overseas so there's you're right. There's a risk, and then there's risky business. And I'm Ooh, not, very good. not talking about like the Tom Cruise. Hey, I don't know if you're film. listening, but focus on it because Dave's got another hot take. God damn. So here's, here's the bottom line news, and then we'll build up from there. Uh, stone Brewing, like big Stone Brewing out of San Diego. Uh, they have plans. They started in motion. They invested $30 million. I, 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 I. Did you say $30 million? $30 million on... Uh, Putting a location, a brewery, a full experience of stone brewing in Germany. Uh, their whole point was like they wanted to go to like the motherland of beers and and uh, go where the drinking laws are are respected and honored. And they wanted to to be the punk rock band there. There's a weird way. I mean, we would refer to 
to a few articles online, which we'll link in this episode. Yeah, in the description. So you can read a little bit more about it. Um, because honestly, it's this is just another... It's just two white guys drinking beer, having speculations about other white guys that sell beer. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so so Stone's given up on this project that they had already started and thrown all this money into. And uh, BrewDogs, uh, that company, again, that's a little bit of a controversial company based on, on you know what your take is on their, their backstory, uh, is taking over the property and the facility, uh, closing it, and then they're going to reopen it as a BrewDog location. It is something that Greg Koch, who is uh, the, I guess you'd call him the owner, the majority owner of Stone. We should probably do some, re- we'll have our assistant do some research on that, and we'll, in those the show notes, we'll have co-founder. Greg Koch is, is a f- co-founder, thanks to our assistant who got us that information very quickly. Uh, he, so he wrote this, he said, things hurt and the, uh, these things hurt and these things happen. This one happened and this one hurts a lot. He's obviously taking this as a major loss. Uh, what some of the critique is about this is the attitude and posture in which they made this investment and how they presented the opportunity to the local community where they were trying to come in as strangers and establish a stronghold immediately. There's a, uh, on record, the idea that um, that Ghost dropped a boulder on a pile of, he really he dropped a stone on a bunch of German beers. Mm-hmm is the take that we're getting from the news that we've read. Yes. And this is two there's a few things about this. One it's hilarious because it's definitely terrible marketing. Because step 1 of marketing is know your audience. Greg, right? If you're going to sell yeah. something it's and like Greg has taken a couple L's recently with the Keystone lawsuit that he yeah. lost and he made a big tried to make a big viral thing out of it. Uh, and this this reeks of some cultural appropriation. Um, where an American comes in as kind of like an imperialist conqueror, and that's that's a really judgy word, I understand, and I'll I'll apologize to Greg if he buys me many beers. Uh, but well, I don't think he's. Do- I, here's the thing, and this is what I said to you on a few episodes past. This is a reminder that we're all like figuring it out as we go. I agree, yeah. you know, and I think that Greg has done awesome things. We I love Stone. It really has inspired me. I've been to their locations multiple times. Had tours like love the beer we'll show it to friends and family and like i'm a believer of stone i don't have anything negative to say about that it's just the reality of humans are still the ones running these giant teams no matter how large they are there's still the reality of like we might make a bad call and it sounds like this one from what we're experiencing and what we're understanding might have been a bad call to drop a stone on a bunch of classic german beers by saying this is how we do beer when nothing that he does is anything but built on a foundation of German, the antiquity of beer brewing styles in Germany. You know, like one of the yeah. homelands of true brewing genius. So this is this is something that I think is particularly uh, close to Dan and my heart. As, as outside of craft beer, one of the things that we really love is, is the history and culture of hip-hop music. And we have seen over the past 20 years uh, a lot of of young women and men come into the scene and and take credit for movements that really were born thirty to forty years before uh, they started recording their own music um, and folks who claim stories that weren't their own and there's there's a desire for authenticity that I think all of us desire in those things that we root for and the things that we back. Um, this one hurts a little bit in 2014. Uh, 
this is what Greg <laughs> this is what Greg said about opening the spot in 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 Berlin in Germany. Once open, we will bring Germany and the rest of Europe a taste of our craft beer vision and look forward to sharing the unique beers that we have spent the last 18 years brewing. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, Dave. I agree. I agree. But it's difficult to have a stranger come into your house and tell you, I'm going to show you how to be married. I've been married for three weeks, and you're on your 17th anniversary. That's awkward. It's not how you build relationships. And we could be generous and say that he probably had a marketing team writing a lot of things that he was saying, or maybe he said it himself. It was just misguided. It was just a bummer. It's a bummer to see a hometown hero, because we can say minus 15, 18 years from now, Stone is a hometown hero that we want to see thrive in European nations. I was very excited about the expansion in Berlin. I know they were too. Man, $30 million? Is that what you said it was? $30 That's not a real number that exists in my world. Well, it's not the $1 of Ballast Point that Constellation spent. But... um, we, lo- we, all, we lose because we're humans and we're full of mistakes and sure. flaws. And that doesn't mean Stone's beer isn't any better. But man, it, I, that's a hard lesson to learn. To disrespect an entire culture of beer where like obviously like um, just pay a different marketing company to do a little bit more research. <laughs> and that's Or just shoot me a text and say, hey, Dan, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, look, man. We, yeah, I'll no, do it for free, Greg. This, o- this also opens up a conversation that's a broader spectrum from just craft beer or craft beverage to any corporation or large business that experiences expansion in a way that they might not be prepared for. Because yeah. capitalism gives us all the opportunity to thrive in this way, which is something that's entertaining for us that are on the consuming end. Absolutely. As well as those of us who uh, get a little traction and can't grow in that way. So it's like, it's hard as consumers to hold these people accountable as if they were something greater than just another human who also are playing the game of consumerism and in capitalism. Yeah, this is this is a game where the rules seem to be pretty fluid. The thing about Germany, though, if we want to talk about <laughs> rules, there's this old ancient thing called the Reinheitsgebot, the where Reinheitsgebot. rules are very stringent and observed. Beer so laws. Beer laws are real. So for American to go in and do that, that's just that's kind of a rookie 101, like read a book. Don't look like such a boner when you go out. But we want, we still, I still want Stone to thrive. I, I believe in, I believe in big boys still because jobs are jobs, and we need thriving economy. And we, and if you can keep money localized, keep money localized. And we want Stone beer everywhere. I actually think Stone beer is good for us to to experience. I think they make excellent beer. It's diverse. It's deep. It's it's, consistent. It's consistent. So we are rooting for Stone. We're rooting for Greg, even though. We I dumped on him a little bit. I Greg, I love you. I will buy you a beer. I will buy you. I will buy you. Uh, what's the 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 Roush? Go get him, Stone. Just uh, maybe be a little more conscientious of I don't know history and. So there you have it. 2019 to the start of our national news cycle on another <laughs> installment of for the craft. Yeah, it's been crazy. I think 2019 is going to be a real litmus test for the growth and stability of a lot of craft brewers and breweries if you're not looking at numbers just know that craft is still growing yes if that's what you care about bottom line bottom line is still growing uh number of breweries and establishment are still growing while they continue to grow if you'd like to connect with us you can find us on instagram at four underscore the underscore underscore craft Personally, I'm at Drinks on Dan on Instagram. I'm Dave Wasson on Instagram. And if you're looking for a little hot take on the Twitter, you can find me at The Salt Factory. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. If this show adds value to you and to your immediate peoples, I don't sure. care if it, if it benefits their enemies. And if we're talking quickly, it's because we don't get paid to do this, and we just need to do as much as we can in did the we, little time that we have. Did we change our pace? Did we go a lot quicker? I'm talking a lot quicker. I'm not talking uh, any quicker than okay, I was before, well, but okay. I think if anybody's listening, they're going to realize that this is quicker than I've ever talked before, but it doesn't mean I'm changing anything about it. Now we're just gonna... Cheers, Arizona. Good night.